Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the CyberSense Power Up podcast. I am Dr. Dustin Weissman. I'm a therapist in Calabasas at Neurosense Psychology, where I specialize in the treatment of problematic internet use and other forms of internet addictions. I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm going to be talking about this article that kind of covers the questions that have been coming to me lately on screen time use and how harmful is it really. And this article just kind of backs up the research out there and it supports what I've been saying with my limit suggestions of two to three hours. Like I said, it's all about the balance. So the article that I'm talking about, it's in techcrunch.com. It's titled Screen Time Inhibits Toddler Development, Study Finds. And this is written by Devin Caldaway. And in the article, Devin says, a study found that kids two to five years old who engage in more screen time received worse scores in developmental screening tests. Devin went on to say, the implication isn't that screen time is inherently bad, but that it risks placing the high quality caregiver child interactions that are so critical at this period of development. The solution, therefore, is not necessarily less screens, but more and better time spent with the kid. I completely agree. I think that we do need better parent-child or caregiver-child interactions with our kids, and obviously, understandably, that can't happen all the time. I'm a parent of two, and I know what it's like to have to take care of so many different things, laundry and cooking and homework, and that's just the kids. (laughs) So I get it. But this article is just saying if you want to be focusing on time and your children's development you can't simply put them in front of a screen as a babysitter you can put them in front of a screen for learning and enjoyment but not you know if you need to go and do something like go to the restroom or cook a meal like yeah that's fine but it's not going to be you on your smartphone while they're doing their tablet that's not the parent-child interaction that we're looking for So the article that (laughs) the title says study finds, the study that is in question here is titled Association Between Screen Time and Children's Performance on a Developmental Screening Test. And this was written by doctors Sherry Madigan, Dylan Brown, and Nicole Racine. And they're out of the University of Calgary. And they published this article, like I said, January 2019 super recent and it was published in JAMA J-A-M-A Journal Pediatrics and their findings that they say from the study I'm just going to read the quote from the article itself in this cohort study of early childhood development in 2,441 mothers and children higher levels of screen time in children aged 24 and 36 months were associated with poor performance on a screening measure, assessing children's achievement of development milestones at 36 and 60 months, respectively. The the obverse association 
i.e. poor developmental performance to increased screen time, was not observed. And they elaborated saying, meaning, excessive screen time can impinge on children's ability to develop optimally. It is recommended that pediatricians and healthcare practitioners guide parents on appropriate amounts of screen time exposure and discuss potential consequences of excessive screen use. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm disseminating that information. And the, uh, the hours that they're saying the appropriate time is about two to three. So during the week, if you wanna aim for one to two, that's good. And the weekends, two to three, that's good for screen time use. Uh, they also, the original article says, you know, don't belabor yourself if you have to get an extra 30 minutes in there. It's not the end of the world. These are guidelines, not rules. So the conclusion and relevance section of the study said, the results of this study support the directional association between screen time and child development. Recommendations include encouraging family media plans, as well as managing screen time, to offset the potential consequences of excessive use. So this article I think is just wonderful in that they got a large sample size and it's not easy to get uh, almost 2,500 mothers and children involved in a study. It takes a lot of time and dedication, plus they're observing them over a period of time to see are they reaching these milestones. You know, it's, uh, 12 to 24 month study. So it shows some good findings. They have strong values. I didn't look at the specific statistics of their uh, research. So I don't know how the power level is, but I know that it goes up when you have more of a sample size. So it's just furthering what we know. And that's what we need. We need articles like this that are conclusive and in line with one another because there has been a lot of research arguing different ways. And I really like that it shows the balance. So my question to you is, you know, what's your balance like? How are you balancing your screen time? Do you limit yourself? Do you regulate yourself? I mean, in the last episode, I talked about screen time, or not screen time, but smartphone apps. And I talked about moment and quality time. You know, have you used those recently? If you are listening to the episodes in reverse order, then you haven't heard that, so you haven't started using it. Uh, and if you just listened to them one after another, you haven't had a chance. But if you have listened to them spaced apart, then I'm hoping you had a chance to download it. And if not, give it a shot. You have nothing to lose and insight to gain. You can learn what it is that you're doing with your screen time. And it's really interesting. I actually had one of my colleagues tell me that after they listened to the last episode, that they uninstalled an app and they noticed a dramatic decrease in their smartphone use. So it's just simple mindfulness on that and being aware of how much we're using our devices, how much our kids are using their devices and what we can do about it. Now, sometimes people ask me about what ages I work with and I'll work with any age, uh, but specifically for screen time issues, if it's an elementary school kid, I'll say bring me the parents because the parents are the ones that have that control. And I love that this article or these articles talk about that pro-social bond between caregiver and child. 
that it really encourages not getting rid of screen time, but encouraging that we have face-to-face -face time, quality time, no pun intended from the app, but legitimate quality time with one another and learning pro-social behaviors and having this, these good interactions that are gonna teach our kids how to be better humans. Uh, we have a lot of social learning that goes on in early childhood and late childhood too, where kids observe behaviors from adults and they're gonna learn from that. So if they're observing adults on smartphones, they're gonna be learning that behavior. So if you don't wanna have a teenager who's on their phone all the time, then you have to nip that in the bud and teach them pro-social behaviors by not being on your phone all the time or device or whatever it may be. And also establishing some rules and boundaries early. Now, some, I know some of you might not be in that position. Some of you might not have kids. Uh, but you probably know somebody who does or you might interact with people who do or you might be a kid yourself. I think having boundaries and guidelines, it's another thing that this article mentions, is really important for having that accountability to yourself and each other. And if the guidelines and accountability are not met, that there's some balance or leeway and flexibility. You know, these contracts should grow and develop. They should expand and contract. Uh, if there's need for more screen time, like I need to do some more research for a project or I really want to play this game tonight and it's going to go a little longer. Like this dungeon raid is four hours. How am I supposed to do that when you limit my screen time to two and a half? You know, maybe making an exception for, okay, if you can do that four hour dungeon raid, if you limit other days, you know, maybe instead of three hours on Saturday and three hours on Sunday, you give six hours for the weekend. And you can say you can use your four hour raid here and then you only get two hours left for Sunday. You know, finding a balance and what works for everybody, that everybody in the system is happy and that the person that's using technology is finding their balance and not overusing their time online. So I'm gonna take a, a quick little break right here and I'll be right back with you. So going back to the original article, they have a quote in there from the University of Calgary news release, and it states, a lot of the positive stimulation that helps kids with their physical and cognitive development comes from interactions with caregivers. When they're in front of their screens, these important parent-child interactions aren't happening. And the article goes on to elaborate this point by including a section from the original paper and in this it says, when young children are observing screens, they may be missing important opportunities to practice and master interpersonal, motor, and communication skills. For example, when children are observing screens without an interactive or physical component, they're more sedentary and therefore not practicing gross motor skills such as walking and running, which in turn may delay development in this area. Screens can also disrupt interactions with caregivers by limiting opportunities for verbal and nonverbal social exchanges, which are essential for fostering optimal growth and development. So the article and paper do a really good job highlighting that it's really this 
lack of. It's not saying too much screen time is causing. It's saying lack of this type of interaction is deterring. So by not having these pro-social interactions with caregivers and toddlers, they're really not going to be as developed because they're not being given the opportunity to develop in certain areas. Granted, they might be developing other skills. Uh, that remains unseen. You know, one might argue that, well, they're learning how to do their shapes or their colors or their painting and they're developing other skills. They might be doing that. And like I said in the last episode, talking about, you know, the Wonder Bunny app for learning math, you know, there are definitely good things from devices and educational components and, you know, wonderful apps out there for educating our youth. And it, just, it goes back to, is that replacing time spent with the caregiver? Or is that time that is in addition to the time spent with the caregiver. So the big takeaway here is really looking at is the parent or caregiver child dynamic one that is fostering pro-social behavior or is it one that is using the technology as a pacifier to occupy time whereas that time could be spent more engaged. So there's nothing wrong with giving a kid a device. Granted, if they're the un under the age of two, then maybe there is. There actually could be something wrong with that. But after age two, giving a kid access to technology is not a bad thing. It's taking away kids' access to interactions with their caregivers that we might see them not performing as well when compared to their peers. So it's important just to look at the peer relation because they're still going to develop these skills. It's just related to the peers, they won't be as developed. So they'll be able to function and communicate just fine in society. However, they won't be at the same level as those who had those interactions. And I think we're seeing that. I think we see that now with our adolescents who are coming up in age and are just not as developed in their social skills as a generation ahead of them. So taking this back to the original article and topic of today, let's look at the toddler development. And really, what is it that we can learn and use in future efforts in working with our youth? Well, for the toddlers, the little itty-bitty cutie pies out there, it's so easy to engage with them anyway because they're new, they're fresh, they're fun, they're stinky. But they're, they're wonderful. And engaging with them is easy at many times and frustrating at others. I know I went through it twice. <laughs> uh, terrible twos can be challenging and needing some time for yourself is also very important so doing as much as you can in terms of engaging with them just any type of engagement you can and it doesn't end at two this is something that all kids need they need that good attention and pro-social modeling of behavior so 
that's my takeaway for today. Love your kids, be kind to them, teach them good values, and they'll use those in their future. It's not going to be immediate. They're still going to tantrum. They're still going to throw fits. I know mine do. But the long-term effects, I think, are where we'll see it. And for some kids, it might not manifest until adulthood. But it will hopefully one day, sooner rather than later, uh, come back in your life as this wonderful thing of kids who just know how to behave and act in social settings and interact and perform well and be more creative and logical and function better in all avenues of their lives.